1998, the members of STARS went into the Arklay Mountains to investigate the disappearance of their team members after following up on reports of cannibalism. After that, the survivors spent the next few years fighting off hordes of the undead, freakish mutations, and the Umbrella Corporation itself. Now, most of our heroes return with familiar threats, but a slightly different perspective. We're talking about Resident Evil again! <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to 3VO, where we're all on the same team. I'm your host today, Jordan. And I'm your other host, Brendan. And if you're new here, we're just two big old nerds that just absolutely love video games so much, and we just can't stop talking about it. And if, if you share that same slightly annoying love for games as we do, <laughs> this is definitely the podcast for you. We're going to be diving back into our timeline series for Resident Evil, finishing up today, in fact. But before we do that, as always, Brendan... Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's morning. <laughs> it is the morning. I have we coffee. Have, we have shifted. I, I'm having a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but you work nights. You're on a totally different schedule. I work nights. I'm on a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we shifted our schedule a little bit again to make it easier. And so far, I'm a fan of this. Oh, my God. It's so lovely. This is so nice. <laughs> and being... turning up in the morning and just getting yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Like, we say getting it out of the way. I don't like mean it's getting a, it away like, like it's that. a chore. No, like no, it's no, a chore. No, no, no. no. I love doing this. I just mean, yeah. like. To, get, to just finish for me just finishing off work and coming over and just doing yeah. it now mm -hmm. feels so much better than trying to go home or what we're doing for my day off trying to like just like readjust mm -hmm. my schedule for a little bit trying to get like four hours of sleep before I come over here now mm -hmm. I'm just like okay I just finished off work Still got the momentum going. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Yeah. And for me, it works out because taking it off of Monday nights means that I can go to the gym on that night. Yes. So it's another go. night I can go to the gym and and I will start going to the gym on Monday because I've been only going like twice a week. And okay. It's, I'm like, no, more. Let's, let's go, go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this... A fucking move for me. I love it. This is a good one. I like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm good though. Okay. Um, I have, uh, so Garrett and I are still working on our Pokemon Soul Silver, yes, Nuzlocke, Randomizer, Soul Link, or whatever, whatever order of words you want that yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Um, which is still going really well, super fun. We still haven't lost any Pokemon, which is great. There you go, there you go. Um, so I like I fully expect us to get like kicked in the throat. <laughs> this just means like in one fight you're gonna lose like four of them. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just gonna be devastating. It's been dicey a couple of times, but nothing too bad. I'm just worried go. once Pokemon get higher level that somebody's gonna throw out something that we do not expect, and we're just gonna be like fucked, and it's gonna take it's out our like, team. Well. We weren't ready for this <coughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but other than that, uh, just same old, same old, going to the gym, working a lot. Nice. Um, oh, dance has started up again for me, yeah, which is that's really great. Right. Mm -hmm, yeah, so I'm choreographing a couple of pieces in the show this year, which awesome. it's been a little bit, um, but I'm excited to get back to it. I'm mm -hmm. doing a Florence and the Machine piece that I am very enamored with. Oh, very cool. It's very cool. It's old Florence and the Machine. It's, okay. It's um, her, like, first first i think album um but anyways it's really gonna be really i was gonna cool. say you're trying to explain it to me what the <laughs> song is when you wasted i, I know all of the machine i'm not like yeah, a no big, I, big fan i realized when i should have turned around <laughs> no, you're all good you're all good <laughs> uh but it's kind of ooky spooky which is kind of the vibe i like to do perfect um yeah and then i'm also doing a sea shanty medley which i'm very excited about <laughs> very hokey very musical theater oh um, hell yes that's the but best super fun yeah and i was i was thinking about it. i was like has anyone ever done a sea shanty at our company's 
dance track? I don't think so. I've only been there for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that there's one. Um, so I'm excited about. Well, the revival of the love for the she- of of the sea shanty is fairly recent. Correct. Like, I know the TikTok absolutely. trend was like a year and a half ago now, but yeah, absolutely. And well, and that's when I choreographed to the first uh, sea shanty that I choreographed to, which um, it was going around the last shanty. Yeah. Um, was going around as a sound on TikTok, and everybody yeah, was yeah. putting on their pirate garb, and I was like, "This is fire! It would make a really cool line mm-hmm. dance." And so I choreographed a line dance to the last oh, shanty. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I, I did I that. love the last shanty. I legitimately oh, just love yeah, it. Yeah, it's fucking. so <laughs> fucking fun. It's such a fun song. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been I've been showing people that line dance for like a couple years now. Nice, that's great. That's awesome. How about you? What are you up to? Uh not much. Everything's been pretty cool. I'm doing pretty. <clears throat> hey Blizzard, what the fuck again, guys? <laughs> what are we doing? This, Why are we still assholes? The soapbox came back out for you at home audio listeners. Yeah, listen because I very quickly slammed the soapbox. <laughs> This portion of the show. I thought we were going to have a nice, calm, relaxing podcast yeah. this morning. So, Boy, was I wrong. No, absolutely not. So your husband, our lovely editor, mm-hmm. uh, sent me a thing. I'm not sure if he shared it with you um, concerning another de- an- another thing that has happened with uh, the lovely company Blizzard with the release of Overwatch 2. He probably shared it with me, and it's sitting in my TikTok inbox. Uh, probably. Well, I asked, I'm him, that I asked him to make sure you were really somewhat informed about it, but that's okay. It's okay. So Sorry, go ahead, uh, educate me. No, you're all good. So um, Overwatch Two has come out, uh-huh. and um, I don't know if this was always the case with Overwatch. I feel like not, but apparently now it's free to play. I think it was a thing. Was it always? Was Overwatch it always was free one to play? of those kind of like other battle royale type games where it's like, yeah, it's free to play, but if you want anything good, you got to pay for it. Right, 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 right. Um, well, they got their own like like everything like everything else. Now they've got their own like online membership thing. Essentially, you sign yeah. up for it or decide to play the game. One on keep mm-hmm. track of your stats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they they did a thing where they wanted people to attach their phone numbers uh, to their account, which I'm like, oh, weird. What I read into it was that this was a way to sort of like combat hacking and cheating online and whatnot. Sure. More than like, which on a certain level does make sense. And I get it because like you can boot a player with an email, they could just make a new email and re-sign up and keep doing their bullshit. Right. If there's a number attached to them, it's a lot harder to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, The only... Sorry, let me just mute my laptop real quick (laughs) since I'm getting notifications. Um, The the main issue, though, was that it only worked with smartphones, so if you had... uh, With, like, long-term contracts as well. So, like, if you had a pre-paid phone with, like, someone like Cricket or Boost Mobile or something like that that you were, like, it was a pay-as-you-go kind of system for it, you could not play. Like, it wasn't just, like, didn't have access to perks and shit. You just could not fucking play Overwatch. Huh. And just a lot of users online, like, talking to Kotaku and a bunch <clears> of other places were just like, yeah, it kind of feels like I'm being punished for being broke. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Just doesn't seem cool. And I don't want to just assume that there was, like, nefarious intent, but I could see the fucking boardroom at Blizzard full of just, like, dumb old white guys. Who were just like, yeah, this system works perfectly. Well, what if somebody doesn't? Well, what if somebody can't afford a smartphone? Well, then they're poor and they can't pay for shit in the game anyway. We don't want them here. <laughs> like, I just feel that happening. So, look, yeah. whether or not, and they've Blizzard has already come out and said that they were gonna that they're gonna stop doing it. And by yesterday, I think it, it's mm. they stopped restricting it to only people with phone calls and sh- with with particular phones and phone numbers and whatnot. Uh-huh. And and I. I'm all about the move to keep cheaters and hackers and stuff out of no, a game like that. Absolutely. I'm all about that. 
but man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like swing and a miss. Big swing and <laughs> yeah, a miss. Yeah. Especially for something like that with a free to play game too. Like that just feels extra rough. Cause like, yeah. I get the thing with free to play games is like the way you right. make your money is by people paying for shit in the game. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. However, just don't do it in such like a fucking like <laughs> animal farm style way. Like just don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's just, you know, and emblematic of people high up in companies. Yeah. Being so out of touch. Being very detached, just, being incredibly out of touch. Yeah. And just being like, all kids have fucking smartphones. Right. On right. like a Who doesn't plan, have right? a smartphone? Who doesn't, who doesn't right. pay for their own subscription plan on a phone? Like, what's, what's the problem here? Yeah. I have nine kids. Seven of them, I have no idea who they are, but they've all got <laughs> smartphones. I make sure they have smartphones. I, sure. <laughs> I don't know their names, but they get a smartphone every year for Christmas. My God. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Getting a strongly worded letter from Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> they can try to come for us. It would be, ama- it'd be amazing if we get a cease and desist <laughs> from Blizzard. That would be our claim to fame. We would oh, 100%. Put, put it in our Twitter bio. <laughs> you, it's going to hang right here for right every here. episode. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Framed. Right I'm going to hang it up like I want a diploma. <laughs> That's great. So, okay, so other than Blizzard being assholes again, other than what's that, up? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, I, 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 I did my uh, pre-order for the Dead Space remake. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> I saw it was available to pre-order online, mm-hmm. and I was just like, yeah, we're gonna, yeah. So it's all set. Like, it's why I love. It's why I love. I love gaming now because like. I pre-ordered it on my Xbox, which means the day it comes out, it's just going to start downloading onto my Xbox. Yeah, like, immediately. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is so good. So, yeah, very, very excited. <laughs> I need to pre-order some games, too. I need to pre-order the new Pokemon game, and I need mm-hmm. to pre-order the new Breath of the Wild. Yes, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. What's cool, though, about it is that, like, there's a, I feel like pre-ordering is much easier now, especially online, because, like, I feel like when we like when I back in the day when you when I'd go to GameStop and shit like that to pre-order when the dinosaurs roamed when the, the earth, dinosaurs yes. roamed the earth and I rode my horse and buggy there yeah mm-hmm. fuck you um, <laughs> when you took your covered wagon to the covered target. wagon to the, to the target hitched <laughs> up my covered wagon went down to the target <laughs> sorry continue one copy of Metal Gear Solid please <laughs> old grandpa's confused again <laughs> um. No, but going there, it was always just like you had to put down like a little. You have to put down some money. Like, yeah, it would be like five or ten bucks or whatever. But like right. you had to put something down there. This was like it. It told me the full amount for the game, and I was like, cool. And I hit it, but I'm not going to get charged until the game comes out. Right. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty solid. Yeah. I like this. So it's like it's set for it now. And you know, if I don't have any money in my account, sorry. <laughs> no, I'll be good. <laughs> Other than that, just like actual gaming wise. Um, didn't realize it. It was something I started playing on uh, on my on my laptop when it first came out and liked it. But just like I'm a creature of habit, so I need a controller and I need a big TV and I need the setup. Same. I want to, you know. Um, but I found out that Fall Guys is available for mm-hmm. Xbox. So I was oh, just yeah. like, oh, it's download that. And I've just been having a blast again with. Oh it. yeah, fall, just yeah. chilling out for like, and it's so good because it's like. You know, it could take me 30 minutes to get through a, like, like a couple rounds of the game. I, I could be done in 10 minutes mm-hmm. as well, depending on how bad of a day I'm having right. in the game. Yeah. <laughs> and just been having a giggly good fucking time just good. running around playing that again. So it's kind of been it for me. I feel like it's October, so I feel like I should be playing something a little ooky spooky. I know. But I'm like, there's nothing out at the moment that's available anyway. Mm-hmm. That is like something that interests me as far as like a spooky game goes mm-hmm. that I haven't already played. Right. It was like for this, I've gone through the Resident Evil games again, which was wonderful and fun, and I love them. But I just did that. 
Um, I've gotten to the point with Outlast where I'm just like, I if I'm going to do it again, I'm going to do like the uh, the nightmare uh, difficulty run mm-hmm. where it's like if you die, you start all the way from the beginning again. I was watching, speaking of Outlast, yes, I was watching the other day a speed run. I think Games Done Quick just did recently. Somebody ran Outlast and like showcased it. Mm-hmm. That game is held together by the digital equivalent of paper clips and duct tape. Oh, this I've known. This I've actually known. It is janky and broken as hell. It is so broken. But it was really cool because he was doing kind of like um, a showcase of like, more of like a slow speed run of like, let's kind of show you like what's going on here. Um, And it was, ah, it's so broken. So broken. I only know that because watching, I think it was Achievement Hunter, I watched them play it at one point. And in the, uh, the, uh, Traeger, the dude with the big scissors who chases yeah. you around at one mm-hmm. point, probably the best and worst section of the game simultaneously. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they kept dying in that section, but then just like they glitched into a wall and they ended up in the ceiling and they were able to just yeah. like, mm-hmm. and then they fell out when exactly they were, they were like, I'm <laughs> so so it was explained just to get into like yeah. speedrunning and glitches a little bit. Um, in Outlast in particular, there's ways that the game tries to resolve you like if your character model is in a wall or like in a door or something mm-hmm. it's like that can't happen yeah so it immediately raises you up and puts you on top of whatever you're on to resolve oh. the error and it's like yeah you're in the ceiling now that's much better yeah and most of the walls what are you doing are on the floor walls. there that's where we <laughs> yeah. want you to be right up there Perfect. Yeah. No. Um. During the during the run, the guy was um showing off things, and he was like, you know, the part where um you meet um the guy that chases you for like pretty much the whole game. I forget his name. Oh, the the, the really the real big guy. The, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. It was the first time that he had come out, and you're supposed to like hide in the locker for the first time to like learn that mechanic. Mm-hmm. It was right after that he ran out, ran past the guy. Um. And then was like, and you go, boop, 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 and you're in the basement, and he's, like, pulling the lever. And I was what? just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Speedruns are wild. They are. Wild. They, we've gotten over it before. They're just, like, I find them fascinating and infuriating, because I just yep. sit there going, like, mm-hmm. I could have just done that in <laughs> that whole section. Yeah. Do I want to know how long it took? Like, I know it was a slower So, run, there's a lot of different categories for Outlast. Oh, okay. The runner, in particular, for that run that I'm referring to, was doing 100%. So, that's Got getting it. all of the recordings and all of the documents. Got you. Okay. Um, there's also categories that are, like, you have to, like, walk through all eight chapters. Not, like, actually go through them and hit all the story points, but you have to touch all of them. Your character has to go through the areas exactly. that counts as the And then gotcha. there's a run that's just... Get, like, strictly gets the credits, which yeah. is, like, the base, like, achievement level for any game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the gets the credits run is, like, five minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's That's so, so... It makes me so mad. At it. <laughs> it makes me very upset. It's just so broken. That's insane. It's just so broken. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Is it yeah. just... So do you just, like, hop out of the Jeep and, like, glitch into, like, one section and then just... There you are, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I haven't watched it, but, like, they were referring to it in the run that I was watching. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can, you can beat this game in five minutes. Well, that probably can't be fun to watch at a certain point. Like, <laughs> I would find it fun. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Well, with that out of the way, are you ready to get into what we're really here to talk about? Yeah, let's do that. Let's yes. Do that. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> well, now that all that's out of the way. Let's jump back into the world of zombies, corporate espionage, 
and cheesy dialogue as we revisit the rest of the timeline for Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Can you do me like a um, like? Here's what you missed on Glee of the first three games. Real <laughs> quick, just real quick, Glee. just real quick. Yeah, sure thing. Um, <laughs> for me and for anybody else out there that's oh, like, I gotcha. didn't see the yeah. <laughs> so here's what you missed on Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Stars team members went up into the mountains and found zombies, and they blew it up and escaped, and vowed to take that and t- vowed to take down Umbrella. And then the next one, Joe Valentine escaped the city before it blew up because of zombies, and vowed to take down Umbrella. <laughs> but that was actually Game Three that I just described. So now we're jumping back to Game Two, where Leon Kennedy shows up as to, to, because it's his first day as a cop in, in the Raccoon City Police Department, and Claire's also there looking for Brother Chris, who's from the first game. They fight off a bunch of zombies, the city blows up, and they vow to take down Umbrella. <laughs> And that's what you missed on Resident Evil. There we go. Cool. Love it. Thank now you. Now that we've got the recap there. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, the story for Resident Evil ends with, and they blew it up and vowed And to they take blew down. it up, and they vowed to take down Umbrella. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. That's how it goes. Yeah. So. Um, they found a formula, and it works. Pretty and, much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I, we should not make them apologize. Oh, for no, I'm not. Well, it, well, you, well, you say it works. It worked up to a certain point. Oh. <laughs> and I'm gonna, we will get into where it starts to break down today. Okay. Um, because where we start off with today is going to be in Resident Evil 4. Because sure. now we rejoin uh, Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil 2, uh, last seen escaping Raccoon City, as we just said, um, where he has now been sent on a mission to a small to a small town in Spain to rescue the president's daughter this time. Um, Spike Kids 2. Pretty much. <laughs> um, and I'm, I, I got to say, I was very happy that we wound up sort of splitting our timeline up into two episodes because I was going to try to pound through it all in one episode. And I'm glad we, sh- we did that because now we can really kind of emphasize a very major shift in the gameplay style that Resident Evil takes. As we talked mm-hmm. about before, Resident Evil 1 through 3 originally, right. this isn't talking about the remakes, um, but the original 3, it was the tank controls that we've talked about, where it's mm-hmm. sort of like camera angle perspective, right. like very narrow controls, very narrow like right. viewpoints. You're not that. in control of the camera and you're... Just like forward and back. Yes. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, Silent Hill. Yes. Very Silent Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, Resident Evil 4 does a full, like, best I could say would be like a 180 into a third person shooter perspective for Mm -hmm. the game. Um, And what makes it really, really interesting and exceptional as as, as a part in the game series is that um, one, with, with that shift, there was a lot of players at the time who were very concerned about like, well, that's a lot of... Part of what makes the game scary and what makes survival horror as a genre scary is the lack of control the player has over all of the elements. Mm-hmm. It really helps create that feeling of like, well, what the fuck else do I do? I can't, th- I, I, I can't, I don't have all these options that, I, that it would have in real life, hopefully. Um, so I have to sort of like work within the mechanics to get out alive. Whereas with four, there was a bit of a concern of like, well, if it's just going to be a third person shooter, then it's going to work like a gears knockoff or something like that. And it's not going to feel as scary anymore. Four is exceptional in the fact that not only is it still a terrifying fucking game, but it is considered to be, by a lot of fans, including myself, one of, if not the best game mm-hmm. in the Resident Evil series. Mm. Um, and then five and six happened, but we're going to get to that in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> first, start off with the Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. So, in Resident Evil 4, players control U.S. government agent Leon S. Kennedy, who was sent on a mission to rescue... The U.S. president's daughter, Ashley Graham, who's been kidnapped by a cult in rural Spain, Leon fights hordes of villagers infected by a mind-controlling parasite and reunites with a spy, Ada Wong. So that's the other thing to talk about for Resident Evil 4, too, is that it is not, not just in, like, look and perspective in terms of, like, how the game is played, but 
we it's the first departure from the original storyline as like as far as the main story goes we're not directly dealing with umbrella anymore mm. we're not even dealing with the same virus anymore mm. it's a brand new thing called i believe in this one it goes by two names i think in this one they call it los plagas or the ouroboros virus mm. um which is funny that it is called um, vi- that, that it would be called a vi- no that can't be right because it's not a virus it is a parasite that infects you mm. and turns you into not technically an undead creature but it's a little bit different whereas before Resident Evil you are dealing with zombies mm. which is you know the standard uh, trying to come and stop. eat you and stuff yeah pretty much <laughs> and that is like I love zombies I've been a zombie fan since I was like 16 I, lo- mm. I love zombie games I love doing that stuff but in for the enemies you encounter, they can actually talk and oh. coordinate and somewhat strategize. Like they're limited, they're slow moving. They're not yeah. you're not dealing with like full on sprinters yet. Uh-huh. But it's a little bit more of an issue to deal with things that could actually like one of the first missions in the game that's great is that so Leon shows up um, in this small town in Spain, um, walks up to a dude in his house and is just like, Hey, I'm looking for the president's daughter. Do you know this chick? Dude pulls out a hatchet, turns around, starts swinging at him, Jesus. and you gotta shoot him. And you end up running, like, deeper into the village in, like, a small, like, town area where eventually they pick up on you. You have to run into a building and close the door behind you. And there's a great cutscene where you see all of these, like, gray, sort of creepy red-eyed villagers surrounding the house. And they're speaking in Spanish. And they're just, like, shouting to each other. And they're talking about, like, coordinating, like, get on the roof, get around the house, like, do this, cut off his exits, mm. um, get the chainsaw, because there's also dudes with chainsaws that come after you know, which scary. is horrifying. It's scary. so scary. And as, a, and as a Resident Evil fan, the first time you experience that, you're just like, I wasn't ready for this at all. I thought we were still going to be dealing with idiot undead. Idiot walking is, dead, yeah. 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 But it's just, it's such a good staple in That's this series. So cool. so they're like the velociraptors of zombies. <laughs> <clears throat> very very much so and something else it adapts to is the mechanic that is done in the Resident Evil 1 remake mm-hmm. we talked about it a little bit with the, the Crimson Heads where if you didn't blow off a zombie's head they would come back meaner and faster um, now you have an added mechanic where it's um, some of them have been so deeply infected with this plague virus that um, their heads will explode and like a big like stringy like gross looking like plague like gross looking parasite like uh, Lovecraftian Type of... Somewhat Lovecraftian, yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah, with, like, gross eyes, like, hanging out of it and shit. And oh, they are yeah. way harder to fucking kill. Mm. And just, oh, It's just, it's so... I could do a whole episode just talking about how much I love Resident Evil 4. It's just, it's so good. And with the added thing, too, of, like... Um, it's not a co-op game, but for 70% of the game, um, you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone because... You fairly quickly find uh, the president's daughter, um, Ashley Graham, just uh-huh. to drop some more names here. Uh-huh. Um, fairly quickly find her just like hiding off somewhere, and then you have to take her with you. So it becomes an escort. Not it becomes not even just an escort mission. It's an escort game. Then it's pretty much point. an escort game at that point. Oh yeah. no! But I listen. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But it is not as like she can get hurt and she could die. But it is not as much of a pain in the ass as it could have been. First off. In certain areas where they're just throwing on they're just throwing hordes of monsters at you for you to fight off. Mm-hmm. There's options to like actually go hide over here, jump in this dumpster, and like unless they go and find her and pull her out of it, she's more or less pretty much safe. You just okay. have to kinda keep an eye on that. Okay. And even then, but like there's moments where it's 
having to keep an having to keep an eye on her while she goes and does other tasks for you and making mm. sure that things stay off of her and whatnot. Right. Which adds more to the anxiety and the fear of the game too, because sure. it's with this one, with the opening it up to it being a third person game, um, they added more weapon options, more customized options for the weapons and whatnot. So there's a lot more firepower literally to the game that you can have. Um, and again, just like going from I think I'm aiming at him to I know I'm aiming at him is a big difference in gameplay. So I yeah. think they did that to sort of add another level of like, okay, let's make sure that people still like want to shit themselves while they play this game. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just there as like an assurance. As so as a mechanic, it actually is not as horrible as it could be because mm-hmm. I've done games with escort. I, I know I, everyone knows the games with the escort missions where you're just like, okay, just gotta get through this part, and then I get, and this game can be fun again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They they do a good balance of like mm-hmm. how much time you spend with her, how much time is you making sure you need her to be safe and da 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 da. Because she gets she gets kidnapped again at one point, and then it's just it's um, so you do get some more time to run around by yourself, and uh-huh. then it, it's just it makes it just adds a little bit more to the okay. game. It's it's, it's co- adding not detracting. It's adding not detracting, and mm-hmm. it doesn't it, it doesn't you don't feel bogged down by it. And the game gives you different options of like different ways you could go about things too. So it's, you know, like a, there's a there's a section in the game where it's, um, there's a creature in it that is just, it's just a giant. Like I don't know how else to describe it. But it's a big, great, gross-looking, just monstrous giant thing that just smashes buildings and knocks you on your ass and sends you flying across the map and shit. And there's a part where it's like, okay, you could you could go down this path where you go and fight him. And you can't do anything with Ashley. She has to be there with you while you fight it. And this thing can uh, kill her in one hit. Oof. Or there's another path you go on. Um, does have somewhere where she can hide and she'll be safe. They can't see her there. Um, but then you alone have to fight like 12 monsters with chainsaws. <laughs> and it's like, hmm. Which, I didn't say they were good options. I just said <laughs> they were options. This is a survival horror game. We're not going to give you anything good. No. Um. So you escort the president's daughter back. Yes. You blow her up and you vow revenge against Umbrella, right? That's how this ends. So <laughs> fairly early on in the game, you discovered that Leon and the president's daughter have been infected with this plague virus. <gasps> okay. And so before you escape with her, it becomes a mission to find the cure and save yourself, which is uh-huh. where Ada from Resident Evil 2 comes into play. Okay. Because she's there. If I remember right, she's working for... She's working for Wesker, who is now working against Umbrella. I think, if I've got my timeline right there, um, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Someone go ahead and correct me, but I'm pretty sure that's the way it works. Again, some of this is getting into like the, the outside of the main timeline game territory and whatnot. There's a whole side game where Wesker just like goes off and just like himself vows to take down Umbrella, but does it through. But does it through like the stock exchange, and it's just like, this is fucking, this isn't, what are you doing? Like, this isn't what I want Resident, in a game. Resident Evil stonks. <laughs> like, literally, like, literally, he fucking bitcoins him to death. It's ridiculous. Um, but she's working for him in order to get the, in order to get the cure and the, and, and the plague virus out of there so they can start using it to sell to people for bioweapons. It's mm-hmm. all about selling bioweapons to, like, the highest bidder and evil terrorist organizations and blah, 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 blah. So Natural. that's why she's there. And at the end of the game, uh, you blow up uh, uh, Lord Sadler, who is the who is, you look like she throws your rock launcher. You blow up this motherfucker named Lord Sadler, who is the cult leader of everything, who was the one who kidnapped the daughter in order to try to use her as like leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and you blow him up and you grab the and you take the cure and the virus. 
And at this point, Ashley and Leon had found a, had found a different way to cure themselves. But you take the main cure and the virus. Ada points a fucking gun at you, just <sighs> because Ada's gonna fucking Ada. One thing you gotta know is that Ada is Ada Wong is a true neutral party throughout most of the Resident Evil games, and that she is only there to make money. Uh, Doesn't care about like larger repercussions. She's there to make her fucking check. <laughs> and so she grabs the shit, hops in an helicopter. Uh, Pretty much shouts down to Leon, hey, by the way, this island's going to blow up in 15 minutes. You might want to grab the president's daughter and bounce. And you two get on a jet ski and fucking fly away together. And then the president's daughter makes some suggestion that they that they should hook up later and go on a date or something like that. Because, of course, it's a little... I didn't say it was... I didn't say the game held up. I just said <laughs> it was a good game when it came out. Fair. Some problematic... Some very problematic elements Fair. in the Resident Evil game Fair. series. Yeah. <laughs> for, for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. But... That's that's like the long and short of Resident oh, Evil Four okay. for, for the most part. Okay, which is your favorite one? Um, no vowing to get back at uh, Umbrella, as they weren't much of an entity in this. They game. were, as far as Leon is concerned, Umbrella is fairly uninvolved in mm. what happened there. Oh, as far as he knows. As far as he knows. As far as he knows. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> well, again, like I said, Ada's there, kind of working as an agent for Wesker, who I, I don't remember if he was or wasn't working for Umbrella at the time. Mm. I don't think he was. I think I think there was some plan to like reestablish Umbrella at some point. I think that that's what was going on. Gotcha. As well, it's it's confusing, and and this is where it, so much of this background shit gets so fucking muddled. I mean, as with any universe, <laughs> it's true. As with any like, what what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not cinematic universe, but no, like, no, but with no, yeah. with, with any extended universe, yeah, exactly, series, exactly, gets, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it can get muddled. Things can get weird. weird. Things can get very, very weird. Speaking of getting weird... <laughs> I was going to say, take us into number five. Woo, Resident Evil 5. If you want... Man, you want an example of just, like, starting off so strong. And then just, like, oh. kind, of fumbling, kind of fumbling at the finish line. Um, I, I, I just want to say, I know 5 is a fan favorite for a lot of people. And I have a lot of love for 5. But we gotta admit, it's got some problems. <laughs> it's got some issues. You didn't like the ending? Is that what you just insinuated? Yes and no. It's not a terrible ending. There was just like the the way that the game kind of builds up doesn't quite. I'll be able to use I'll be able to use Resident Evil Eight when we get to it as sort of an example to mm. kind of encapsulate what I mean when when, okay. when, when we get there. Uh, but just to go over the overall plot really quickly here, um, um, it involves an, uh, an investigation of a terrorist threat by Bioterrorism Security Assessment Alliance agents Chris Redfield and Shiva Alamar in. Uh, Kijuju, a fictional region of West Africa. So if I fucked it up, it doesn't matter. It's not real. Um, <laughs> wow. I, uh, the noble people of Kijuju are upset. No, they're not. They're not real. <laughs> um, Chris learns that he must confront his past in the form of an old enemy, Albert Wesker, and his former partner, Jill Valentine. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So in this one, um, uh, stars is no more. And uh, Chris has joined this organization, which I'm pretty sure is mentioned in here. Yeah, it's the yeah the BSAA, which is basically, um, an, as far as he knows, an organization put together to fight against bioterrorism in particular. And just talking about like shifts in style and gameplay and whatnot, what sets five off from any other Resident Evil game, except maybe no zero is not even a co-op game. Is that five is a co-op game and is a two-person count okay. co-op game that you can play online as well. Nice. But yeah, um, I do have fond memories of losing hours and hours and hours <laughs> with my buddy David sitting yeah. on the couch, just just like killing time in this game because it is it is a I'll say this for it it is a fun play. 
Like, it's a very fun game to play. It's just this, in a series where the story is already muddled and confusing, mm-hmm. it doesn't do do a lot to help <laughs> at a certain point. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it tries, I, it, here's what it is for me. I think it tries to reveal too much in a single game, storyline-wise. Because you find out the origins of the T-Virus came from the same area, too. And, like, this is where the founders of Umbrella found a particular plant that they were able to use to make the virus and mm-hmm. like it all just they try to tie everything together too much in one game and you find out that um wesker was sort of bred and built to be this like ultimate superhuman bioweapon himself huh. and that a dude that we, we've assumed has been dead for like 60 years um uh, uh spencer who owned the mansion in the very, very first game, the Spencer Manor, mm. is, in fact, still alive and was a co-founder of Umbrella, but no, he's not, because Wesker killed him before the game starts. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> that's where the angle comes in with Jill Valentine, like I mentioned in the plot here, is that mm-hmm. um, she was with the BSAA with Chris. They found out that Wesker was hiding, was hiding out with Spencer. They go to find him, and then in a very dramatic moment, uh, Jill tackles Wesker out of a window when they supposedly fall down a cliff together and die, as far as Chris is concerned. But they both pop back up here, but now Jill's under, like, mind control Mm. and can't control her actions and is trying to kill Chris, and also her boobs are out for some fucking reason. Uh, Just the male gaze, that's why. (laughs) But at the top of the game, where this game does do really, really well, is, uh, again, like for... There was concern going into it with, like, the change in perspective, like losing sort of the credibility of it being a scary game. Mm. Um, and especially doing that and doing it with this one with a co-op element. Somebody's running around with her tits out. I can't imagine a more scary thing. <laughs> well, for you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't show me your vagina. Don't show me your vagina. Oh, God. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. God. <laughs> Oh, so there goes our idea of being a progressive pot. <laughs> Just stereotypes women and gays all in one fucking swoop. We did it. <laughs> it's cool. We'll do like, um, we'll edit that out a little no, bit. No, it's there. What? It's there. <laughs> Bring us back in. Bring us back in. No, we're good. We're good. We're, we're fine. Um, but in, in the addition to co-op, that's where you could really get tricky, especially with horror games, because it's like, well... I've got someone that could just save my ass, then, like, where's this? And if they can also hold stuff, where's the scare factor for it at this point? You know what I mean? Um, what they do is really smart. Um, for it, it, it is a two-player call game, but they limit your inventory system. They limit what kind of stuff each player can carry. So it kind of forces you to kind of, like, coordinate a little bit of, like, okay, how many bullets do you have? Fuck. Okay. Um, well, I've got a shotgun. You've got an assault rifle. So you take that ammo. Okay, I'm full up. I can't take this healing potion. Can or this this first aid? Can you grab it? But I'm gonna need it later. So it's like it really mm-hmm. makes you have to coordinate a lot with your partner. I like as well. that. I like. It's really cool. I like when getting through a game becomes a little bit of like a puzzle. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, but but you can't just like each focus on like one thing. I mean, you, right. you both have to find a balance of like, okay, what am I going to really carry? Cool. What are you going to carry? Yeah. Really, I like really it really when fun. an unexpected thing becomes the puzzle, like an inventory. Like that's, yes. that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yes. It's like, Oh, this like mechanic that just like seemed to be whatever is yeah. like now part of the puzzle of getting through the game. Yeah. I like that. Well, resident evil has, do- has always done a fairly good job of that. Like I know for the remake for resident evil, it was the way they have it set up is that it's like, it's, you know, standard like box inventory system, but then you have like 
an outside inventory system to your character that you could like load stuff in and like just be like, well, I've got, I, I, I found 12 healing herbs. I don't need all these right now. I'm going to need them later on. Stuff them in a box. Go around yeah. around. But also, it's connected throughout the game, so you could open up any one of these inventory boxes and be able to pull your stuff out. Sure. Standard video game stuff, cool. Yeah. For Zero, they limited your inventory system mm. and did not connect the inventory boxes at all. So okay. it forced you to be like, okay, I could leave this here <laughs> and then come back and hopefully find it later and then continue with, yeah, it does good stuff like that. Hmm. Whereas with this, it's just like, neither one of us can carry this. <laughs> Keep moving, I can fuck yeah. it. Maybe we'll come back. I don't think we will, but fuck it. Yep, kill your darlings. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so but, but what's going on? So what's going on is that you are in, like I said, you're in this uh, made-up city in Africa, your made-up region in Africa, in Africa, investigating some bioterrorism stuff because there has been something done now with the Los Plagas Plague from Resident Evil 4 that is now being used in in this small area that is infecting people and there's like a warlord setup kind of thing going on right now, as well as like other corporate espionage type things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna be very honest with this one. Um, five and six, I was not able to find a copy of to play again, mm-hmm. and I did my best to refamiliarize myself with the story on both of them. But just like time, jobs, blah blah blah, 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 blah. it's a little muddled. And also going through it for five and for six. I was just like, God, so much shit happens and barely any of it makes sense anymore. <laughs> like, it just... Some of it in, like, the later game, in, like, 7 and 8 has been, like, kind of retconned. So it's, like, it's not... I don't know how much is even still canon in the timeline anymore, mm. but fucking here we are. <laughs> um, but you're down there, and you're supposed to just be, like, doing, like, a light investigation into, like, what's going on down there. You have a man that you're meeting up with. You meet your new partner. Um, uh, what was her name? Uh, 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 I think it's Shiva Alamar. I think is how it's pronounced. It's Shiva or Sheva, but I'm pretty sure it's Shiva. I think. Okay. Um, who also underrated character in the game series. I love her. She's a one. She's a really good character and a good and a good fit into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're down, and you're supposed to be meeting up with somebody who's supposed to help you, like guide you through shit and whatnot. Um, and then he immediately gets killed by a man with a giant axe. <laughs> okay. And then once again, you find yourself fighting off. Hordes of these now, not quite. Un, well, not quite undead because they're more. Oh, from, they're smarter. They're, 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 yeah, they're very much similar to the right. ones from Resident Evil Four. So okay. again, it's that coordinated effort, like trying to blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and starts great because you're like, this is familiar, this is cool. Let's just see how it builds from here, and then it just slowly turns into an action game. Hmm. Is kind of where the problem lies. Okay, I don't know if that was on purpose on there or not, but just like it stops being scary and you're just running and gunning and shooting mm-hmm. to the point of which that by the end of the game. The same like zombie esque creatures that you're fighting start shooting guns back at you, oh. and you're like, "Well, this is ju- this is legitimately just a third person shooter at this point. Like, yeah. This isn't doesn't have the same feel. Doesn't feel like I'm fight- playing a zombie game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the point of which that like the last fight in the game, you're fighting a mutated version of Albert Wesker um, inside of a fucking volcano. <laughs> okay, and it's, it's so sure. <laughs> It's so over the top. This is one of the talking points I have to. If you want to get like the idea of like where we start to where it ends, uh-huh. is that the beginning of the game is literally just you as Chris Redfield or Sheva, depending if you're the player two or not, um, walking through the middle of this like town as you're just like kind of like slowly noticing that like some of the people look a little bit grayer, like things like the eyes look weird. It's what? What's so funny? <laughs> just like, I'm just imagining like walking through like. Man, these people need to get out. They need to get some sun. <laughs> feel a little bit, but it's just like you're just when was the last like... time you saw a, an orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
think you need some vitamin C in your I think life. You need to. <laughs> but just like, and you're kind of watching, just like, kind of fucked up shit happen, and you're just kind of like, okay, we can't, like, we're someone here on like a political thing. We can't get directly involved. We need to like hang back a little bit here, and so it's, it's just very creepy, slow opening to it. To literally, it's you're playing Chris later in the game. A giant boulder drops on top of you, and you literally punch it out of your way. <laughs> And it's just, it's insane and ridiculous. Yeah. And it's been mean like the it. hell out of shit. And again, couldn't, even with rereading stuff, couldn't tell you overall, like, what else I was doing there. I know Wesker's involved, and he was the one that sort of introduced those, the, uh-huh. the, the, the plague virus to everything going on on there. Mm-hmm. And is mind-controlling Jill. Um, but then you blow him up in the volcano. <laughs> You blow him up, and you swear revenge against Umbrella, right? <laughs> I don't know if there's any swearing against Umbrella, because, again, at this point, I'm pretty sure everyone's convinced that Umbrella is dead and gone, or on its way to dying. Oh, okay. On its way to dying. Yes, it's got to be on its way to dying, because that's what actually could lead us into Resident Evil 6. Okay, yeah. So. As long as I answered all of our questions for Resident Evil 5. I mean... <laughs> I'm doing my best, guys. I'm telling fine. you. <laughs> shit, again, I apologize for all the shit I gave you for Zelda. This... <laughs> That is just the that is just the hero's journey compared to this fucking nonsense. Alright, so Resident Evil 6. Oh god, okay. <laughs> you're gonna you're, you're gonna understand why I sigh here as I explain the beginning of the of the plot for this okay. game. Players control Leon S. Kennedy, Chris Redfield, Jake Muller, and Ada Wong as they confront the force behind a worldwide bioterrorism attack. The story is centered around their four interwoven campaigns, and every campaign features a unique style in both tone and gameplay. I never finished Resident Evil 6 all the way through, okay. because it's four different campaigns wrapped into one, uh-huh. and only one of them, and I, this is where I will fight fans, only one of them is a good campaign. Uh-oh. <laughs> the other three are just so unnecessarily weird and annoying, and they just do such dumb shit within them, so the only one I can really speak on is the one where you play as Leon and um, a new chick in the game. Um, what the hell was her name? Um, oh, yeah, we'll just get into the main plot for that one then real quick. So the game starts with Leon being promised by the president of the United States, whose daughter you saved previously, that he's finally going to expose Umbrella. He's finally going to take down the do Umbrella we're finally, We've been saying we're going to do it for five games. We're yeah. finally going to do it. Yeah, but Umbrella saw this, or the, the remaining members of Umbrella saw this coming, and they managed to turn the president into a zombie. Because why wouldn't you just kill him if you're going to do something fucked up like that? No. But so before the president makes this big speech at Ivy University, which I think is like a made up place in like a small... Ivy University? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. You went to Ivy University? You don't mean you went to an Ivy League college? <laughs> yeah, anyways, yeah. <laughs> Can you feel they kind of stopped caring a little bit at this point <laughs> and stuff like that? They're like, we need a name for this university. What should we call Ivy University. Yeah. Don't you think that's a little on the note? Yes. <laughs> it's Resident Evil. Who cares? Um, but he's now uh, teaming up with another woman named uh, Helena Harper as they try to escape the nightmare and recover the truth again. Mm. <laughs> this one is pretty standard. We are literally, it's back to formula, but just like with a new skin to it. Um, it's the T-virus. It's zombies again, straight up. But um, the main thing for the shortcomings for this one is just overall, it's just a mess. It's trying to do, too not even storyline-wise, well, overall, the whole game is trying mm-hmm. to do too many things at once because... You know, why focus on making one campaign good? We could just throw, like, four mediocre ones in there. Mm. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just, like, there's... They pretty much take any, like, restrictions on the characters off. So it's, like, there's so much more, like... 
there's just too much you can do in the game that it's not scary anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's it, it would be like playing Resident Evil with John Wick is basically what happens here. Mm. And you're just like, well, that's not again. It's like this. I don't know if it was a decision by somebody intentionally at Capcom where they went, okay, now Resident Evil is just gonna be action games where you fight zombies and shit like that. But just like even the Chris campaign for the little bit I played of it, it's a third person shooter. Mm-hmm. Where it just happens to have zombies and shit in it, and that's it. There's really no split or difference, and it's just it's 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 an entry in the series to me. Just kind of that I look back on, I was just kind of like, oh yeah, this was this was a bummer. Like this was a bummer. Like the game looked good; it was a very pretty game, uh-huh. but and like it was kind of fun to play. Like it was a good time. I remember again. I remember dumping a decent amount of hours into the Leon campaign because mm-hmm. I found the other three fucking insufferable to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one with Jake Mulder, you you find out that you're Albert Wesker's son, <laughs> oh. and that's and you have to play as a dude with like superpowers, which sounds like it could be fun. He is unfucking controllable. He's uh, the worst. He's awful. So the, the characters are annoying as great. Yeah. The characters aren't great, and the characters are annoying as hell. Oh. Which is like, and I say that saying that Resident Evil Four is my favorite game, and Ashley, the president's daughter, is an annoying fucking character. <laughs> <laughs> Look up, just do yourself a favor after this and just look up clips okay. of Ashley from Resident Evil 4 and you'll understand what I mean. Okay. It's the, did you ever watch Jimmy Neutron growing up? Yeah. It's this, uh, the annoying little blonde girl. It's Cindy. Yeah. It's that voice, but just in like a 19 year old girl. Oh no. Yeah. Aww. So you're just like, I just want to kick you. I'm sorry, but this is. So women are annoying is what you're saying. No, this woman in this game is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> because she was clearly written by a group by a room full of fucking boys who didn't know what the hell they were talking about. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's and, it, and it's again, it's just like you're 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 fighting zombies, you're fighting baddies, you find you rediscover that Umbrella's fucking evil. It really doesn't add a whole lot to it. It doesn't. You could just get the, the the feel of the game overall to me is like we got to make a Resident Evil game. Mm. Like we 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 have to make a game now. Mm. So let's put something out there that people might like and it's just like and they didn't and they couldn't decide on one idea so they tried to do all four of them and it's just it just it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't work it kind of falls apart Mm. but thankfully we have a savior (laughs) (laughs) a light in the darkness (laughs) a hero emerges years later with resident evil 7 Uh another one of my favorites this is of the most recent iterations of resident evil Uh and also thankfully Fairly plot fucking simple, so I can get through these <laughs> relatively quickly here because we're getting there on time. <laughs> so Resident Evil Seven, that's the one. Is that Village or no? Village is that's eight. eight. Okay. Yeah, there's Resident. It, it goes uh, Resident Evil Biohazard, then Resident Evil Village are the last Got it. two. Okay, okay. Because Village is the one that I know the most about, which is still admittedly not a lot. Yes, but it was just so recent <laughs> and so popular that it's like it was everywhere. To which I will say, Seven and Eight both are like kind of resets to the series. Like it's nice. It's, it's a continuation. Like everything yeah. that's happened in previous yeah, yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, is canon but there's sort of resets to the thing yeah. so if like if you are going to start someone resident evil it's oh it's it's okay, totally to, okay to start there gotcha because there's just, it's so much new shit happening that i don't think right. you'd be super lost okay. you would just need to know that umbrella's evil cool. and that zombies were a thing that's cool. kind of Got like it. the basics of what you need to know okay um <laughs> So tell us about Seven. So in Seven, uh, the player controls Ethan Winters as he searches for his long-missing wife in a derelict uh, plantation occupied by an infected family, solving puzzles and fighting enemies. This is such return to form in the fact that it's like you are back in just basically a large house on a giant property 
You're running around. There's weird puzzle mechanics there. There's secret entrances. There's a bunch of weird shit happening. You're fighting off monsters as you go along. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we are now in a first-person perspective, which is, again, another mm-hmm. shift in, like, the look and feel of the game and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, it again, it, does the, it has that thing we talked about with Atlas, I think, where it just that narrow perspective now of just that for just really like makes you feel like claustrophobic yeah and tight and locked in and they do something cool too is that like ethan winters is like he's not a soldier he's not a fighter he's just some fucking dude Mm -hmm. looking for his wife Mm -hmm. so like you aren't just like mechanically in the game like you don't know how to use a bunch of guns you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's just like you have a shotgun i think maybe you get a machine gun later on and a pistol and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you have a pocket knife. Like, that's mm-hmm. all, that's essentially all you have to defend yourself with. Mm-hmm. And, like, it does a good thing, too, where it's, like, it's not a complicated mechanic system. Like, it's pretty basic as far as your shooter goes. But that means it forces you, the player, to learn how to use those mechanics more to your advantage. Mm-hmm. So it's you figuring out, like, okay, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this better? How do I move? How do I move better? How do I work around that? How do I, you, forcing you to memorize say? pathways and stuff yeah. like that. And mm. it's just, and just... Some of the creepiest shit, too, because the way that the family is that you're fighting. So essentially for for the game, you're fighting a family known as the Baker family, mm-hmm. who are sort of like a fucked up zombified version of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. If that was it's, it's zombie farmer family. It's, um, it's really it's cabin in the woods. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. And it's just like, oh, they're so creepy and fucking just wonderful. And each one you go across has its own like in a great way that Resident Evil does things. And I was so glad they came back to this. Like each boss essentially that you encounter has their own has their own like way you have to fight them. Like Jack sure. Baker, who's the father of the family, he's just a tank. And he is just shoot him, hit him, kick him, punch him, just until he's take him down. Until he dies, pretty much. Yeah. But he also comes back multiple times in different mutations and different forms of blah 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 blah. Because it's Resident Evil. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then the mother, uh, Marguerite Baker, um, she's just, I hate her so much. Because she's all about bugs. <laughs> she's like, she can control bugs. It's like that. Then she herself turns into this, like this creepy, long limbed, like spidery looking thing that to fight, like a crawl through holes in the walls and come Ooh. out and jump on you and shit. It's so Gnarly. good. Yeah. Um, you don't fight Lucas Baker in the main game, um, but you find out that he has actually been studying what's been going on in terms of like this new um, uh, mold infection that is actually taking over and whatnot and forcing the family to change and whatnot. Um, and he's been selling the information to another evil organization that wants to take the information and sell it to the highest bidder. Not Umbrella, though. This one is not Umbrella. Oh. Um, so you find out there's all that stuff going on. But our main baddie is um, a little girl named Evelyn. Just a little Evelyn Baker. Uh, little Evelyn, but not even... No, not even Baker. Not Baker, oh. Because your wife, Mia, was working for a company where she was keeping an eye on Evelyn because she was being raised and bred to be a bioweapon as well. Mm. And you as Ethan Winters had no fucking clue. Your wife just told you she's going on a babysitting job. No idea what the fuck she's up to, mm. but she's been working on this thing for a long time. And Evelyn breaks out. Um, they, she was being kept on a ship that went by the Baker residence. Uh-huh. And as she broke out, the Bakers, who were just, a, who were legit, it's really sad because the Bakers were actually a nice family and they make a point to point that out in the game. Uh-huh. It's like, other than Lucas, who was a shithead the whole time, like, these were nice people because they pulled Evelyn in to be like, found this little girl in the fucking swamp Jesus and like pulled her in to rescue her and she ended up using her ability to control this mold that now is there to take over the family because as a child raised to do this she didn't have a family so the whole thing is like she is trying to take over this family to keep as her own it's oh it's like that fungus that takes over insects 
Somewhat, yeah, yeah, kind yeah, yeah. Of, it's similar, kind of that idea. Similar. Like, if you equivocate, like, Evelyn to if the you, world, If you were to figure something yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The zombie, whatever they call it. I forget what it's called. The but zombie no, fungus. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I will say for 7 as well, if you ever played it, if anybody else hasn't played it, um, get it with the DLC. The DLC is really cool. A couple of them are really fun. Some of them are really fucking creepy as well. Like, there's one where it's just, you're playing as, like, a side character that gets introduced in the game that has died in canon in the game, but you're playing a part where you are handcuffed to a bed with Marguerite coming in to try to make you eat this gross, like, weird, like, human meat fill like, soup. Hey, big boy. <laughs> kind of. More, cre- more, think, like, over, the- think more like fucking, like, over-the-top misery. <laughs> like, that's really, like, more of the feel for it. <laughs> You cock a duty. <laughs> kind of. You poop. <laughs> kind of. But it's just like, and whenever she leaves the room, you have to like carefully unhook yourself from the bed, get up, and like go try to figure out how to get out of the room. Mm-hmm. But eventually she's going to come back, and then you have like 30 seconds to put everything away back the way it was. Because if mm-hmm. she notices that stuff has moved around the room, she's going to fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. So just like fun stuff or stuff like that. And it was just like. It's just, Seven is just such a breath of fresh air in the game as well, because it's like, oh my god, this is pure horror. It's terrifying as hell. These characters are interesting. The story is really, really interesting. Um, It's a great-looking game as well, and the mechanics in it are just, like, well-fucking-executed. And just overall, just just replayed it again for this thing, and it's just, it's such a highlight. It's such a good fucking game. Mm -hmm. That, again, if if you haven't played it... um, if you haven't really played a Resident Evil game, it's a good place to start because like it's sort of a ref- sort of a restart to the series as well. Uh-huh. So it'd be a good place to start, and which and it perfectly flows into the most recent Resident Evil game, which is Resident Evil Eight Village, which we're gonna get into. Um, I didn't get a full replay through of this one this last time, but when I bought the game, I loved it so much. I played it three times in a row. Like, <laughs> no bullshit, I played it three times yeah. in a fucking row, so mm-hmm. I could I could do okay talking about this one. So um. Spoilers for seven. You, um, the, uh, it, it kind of does a similar thing again, where for the original games, where it's like there's like the canon timeline, and then there's like the separate timeline and whatnot. There's a timeline in which you don't rescue Mia, and she dies on the plantation. But then there's the canon one where you rescue Mia and you get her out of there. So in the main canon timeline, um, Ethan and Mia and their now daughter, um, which have been hiding out in, in a remote village um, in uh, Europe. After they were rescued by Chris Redfield, at the uh-huh. end of seven, no bullshit. Okay. Um, suddenly get kidnapped after Chris Redfield busts into the, busts into the house and shoots Mia. No explanation. Just like all of a sudden he lights up your wife in front of you and doesn't say anything and just takes your kid and bounces. Um, but then as Ethan, you wake up after he comes in. He's like, I need this. And takes your daughter. Kind of like it starts off. It's like a nice sweet family moment. You take your daughter. You put you put her to bed. You go downstairs. You start having dinner with Mia, uh, uh-huh. and she's just going like, "See, everything's gonna." And she's like, "See, everything's fine now." And then you just what could possibly go wrong? And, and then you literally and it's so well done. You literally just stand there, and and, and, and then you just see, as just like blood spurts out of her chest, and she goes like this. And then she looks up, and then she just gets fucking riddled with bullets. Oh my god! And falls over, and you're like, and you know, Chris Redfield, who has been a hero throughout this entire sto- story so far in Resident Evil, shows up and double taps her in the fucking head, and just goes, "Sorry, Ethan," and like boots you in the face and knocks you out and drags you and your kid out. Fuck! But then you come to a little bit later, the entire caravan has been like knocked over, 
Chris is gone, but like three of the other dudes who are with him are just dead and you have no idea where your daughter is. And then you have to march into this village where apparently there's fucking werewolves and shit happening. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for this one, I want to take some time to highlight what is the best part of this game for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't go full-blown five and six where it just feels very action-oriented, mm-hmm. but there is much more of an emphasis on like an open-world gameplay mechanic where kind of like at any point you get attacked by shit or whatnot. Sure. Um, so it has a little bit... It has a little bit more of an action-y feel to it, but not in a way that, like, detracts from, like, the overall scary factor to it. But where this game does excel, similarly to Resident Evil 7, but to me, this I like I like it a little bit more because it fits in with an overall tone more. Whereas, like, with 7, you have the Bakers, which is, like like you said, Cabin in the Woods, Fucked Up, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or, like, Zombie Farmer Family and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but then there's, like, all these just, like, big, creepy mold monsters running around, which fits into the whole thing of, like, the use of mold, but it's, like... It just feels weird because you're like, okay, these guys have to like still look kind of normal until they mutate, but we've just got these like big black mold creatures running around. It just doesn't quite fit. Mm. In this one, it it has like old Hollywood haunted right. village tone to it. So like right. werewolves, vampires, right. creepy dolls, yeah. weird fucked up shit happen. Like like it's sort of it's like, like that Slavic, like very much yeah, so Eastern yes. European, hundred um, fucking yeah, percent. exactly werewolves and and vampires and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and I'll get and I'll just I'll just start with the big one because everyone will get mad if I don't talk about her. <laughs> Lady Dimitrescu, yeah, is a great fucking character. Um, her the, the voice actress who plays her, I do not remember her name off the top of my head right now, but does an amazing job. No, there's no miscast in this one. It has not been. Mm. And not that there was anyone who was miscast in the other games, but just like for this one, it was just like fucking nailed. Nice. Um, and what it does well is you go through different like stages and areas of the game. And the first one you go through is in Castle Dimitrescu, where you fight Lady Dimitrescu and her three daughters, who are all vampires, pretty much. Like, right. they don't, I don't think they ever come on the fly and say just like, oh, they're vampires. But... They suck blood. They got fang teeth. They're just like a little too horny. So you know, vampires. <laughs> they're vampire-like. Like they're the, very like the Count on Sesame Street. <laughs> very, very <laughs> vampire-like. The Count on Sesame Street's a vampire. Like that's not. <laughs> Who would argue against that? He's a vampire. So it was on. I forget which one, but it was on the you know the Um Actually game. Yes, that's Dropout. Yes, right? yes, yes. Um. There was a there was something that got brought up. I saw a clip of it where they were talking about the count, and in the mm-hmm. style guide from Sesame Street, the count is vampire like, but not a vampire. <laughs> it's so it's such a little thing. There's no vampires on Sesame Street. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Sorry, continue. <laughs> anyway, you go through Castle Demetrescu. <laughs> Sorry, you're all good. <laughs> But yeah, just like to keep it more basic, just like it's you go through that, you fight them, um, kill them all in the castle, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of have to move on to the next area because you are um, informed by this dude called Duke the Merchant, who's just the guy that sells you shit, but it's sort of also like kind of fill in the blanks a little bit, like storyline wise, um, tells you that your daughter Rose has been taken apart. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it, but just like literally Ooh. a baby has been taken apart, and each of her. Because there's something towards, like, uh, uh, the main baddie, Mother Miranda, needs her for a ritual of some kind in order mm-hmm. to, like, act. I, 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 I just blanked on this thing. It's it's explained. Mother Miranda, well, Mother Miranda believes she needs her to make Rose her daughter because she doesn't have a daughter, and that's what she needs to make herself. A, again, a big, like, what makes a family a family thing kind of going mm-hmm. out throughout the games and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so your job is literally to 
partially complete the ritual, but only in the way to bring your daughter back to life. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah, that's your... So you're collecting your daughter's body parts. <laughs> so what's happening in the game. Oh, it's... Yeah, this is like... Brutal. It's brutal and it's... And it's not like you're... The, the game is not disgusting with you. You're not like literally picking up like a baby's arm and like walking around with that shit. It's like... There's like these like very like fancy looking vials that are like... This is Rose's head. This is Rose's torso. Like, and so you're not looking at it. You know okay. it's there, but okay. it's not as okay. like visceral. That's kind of like, better. Yeah, it's a little bit better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't watch anything terrible happen to the baby either. It's not like they have That's a whole good. scene where okay. you watch her get torn apart. It's not. They're they're not that gross. Okay. They're not that gross. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just going through different stages, finding the different monsters that are all dedicated, um, and some kind of in love with Mother Miranda, who are in mm. focus and in love with her, um, until. The ending of the game in which that you do defeat Mother Miranda, you do get Rose, but previous to that, you find out, and this is a little bit, it's a little bit of a jumping up the shark <laughs> for a game that, had, that has already jumped the shark <laughs> multiple fucking times. Um, it gets revealed to you after a metal spike goes through your chest and you think that you have, that Ethan Winters has died because then we cut to Chris Redfield and you play as Chris Redfield for a little bit in the game. Oh, which is fun. They just give you a big gun and a bunch of bullets and they say, go wild. So you just get to just like, it's a nice break. It's a really nice tone break for it. Um, yeah. But what was I just saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and you come back to it and then you come back to Ethan, who's having a conversation with what you think is Evelyn. But it turns out it's the mold from Resident Evil 7 that's still inside of him because he was killed by Jack Baker Ooh. in 7. The mold has been keeping him alive. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. But I don't remember exactly. Oh, it's the fight with Mother Miranda that eventually breaks him down enough. And literally, the, what, like, the last thing that happens in the main story of the game is as Ethan Winters, you take Rose and you hand it over to Chris. Because there's a whole thing with like where when you like fully die in the new game series and whatnot, you kind of turn into like this like frosty word crystal thing. And it's just like as Ethan hands her over, just like this black moss grows and you see him just like turn like stone white and fade away. He's like crying as he hands over Jesus. his daughter. It's a really That's like, hard. it's really rough, That's but brutal. I really kind of love it because it was the first time that like a Resident Evil game made me tear up at the end. Yeah, floor. it's kind of like a poetic. It was really, moment. really poetic and really yeah. nice. And it's setting us up because we're going to get a DLC where you play as uh, Rose Winters when she's like 1920. Mm. So you get to experience her story. And it looks like that that's going to be like the mainstay for the series for a little Neat. while here is cool. going on in that direction. So it's like the winter story will continue, but it's going to be through a different perspective. Gotcha. So it's just going to be really fun. And that's 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 just it. I, I, I skipped over main details. Well, of course. Trying to get through this <laughs> yeah. somewhat quickly here. All right. But that's that's Resident Evil. That's the road so far. <laughs> that, that is the road so far. And again, not counting. All of the fucking side games. Yeah. There's like 15 of those things. I yeah. couldn't, I, I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> hey, again, make us huge and I'll play them all. I'll play every Resident Evil game and do this again. I'll do it. <laughs> if we blow the fuck up, I will, I will do this again and I will do every single game. You know what you're supposed show. to do. You know what you got to do. Come on, guys. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, what did you think of the Resident Evil series? Uh, is it a fun yet terrifying staple of the survival horror genre? Or a series gone long past its prime. 
let us know in the comments. And as always, if you have any ideas for future discussions, topics, games that we can cover in future episodes, feel free to drop us an email at 3VOPodcastTeam at gmail.com. And as always, go follow us on all of the social media. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on uh, Apple Music and Spotify and all of that. And make sure you go follow our social media on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, TikTok. We're all there at 3VOPodcast. Follow us everywhere. Drop a like. Uh, drop a subscribe whatever platform you're on uh it really does make a difference and it means a lot to us and you'll make us happy so go do it <laughs> and thanks for listening Bye bye <laughs>